Again, welcome to Under the Wire, wherever you happen to be watching this in the world. We had hoped to bring you Alona Lon, who is a Senate candidate for the IMOP Party Involuntary Medication Objectors Vaccination and Fluoride Party. I think for the first time in my entire life, I actually got the whole name right, and Alona's not even here to hear it. We've had some technical difficulties bringing Alona to you, but um, we are going to still bring you this very, very important message that needs to be heard. This message needs to be heard by everyone. So um, I hope that you're listening. I hope you're um, awake. I hope you've had a cup of coffee because I haven't had one yet. So I'm running on empty here. But um, what I want to talk to you about is tyranny. And that is a very, very important issue. And it's one that I never, ever thought we would be facing in Australia. I'd like to share this definition of tyranny that I got out of the, I believe that's the Oxford Dictionary, though I could be wrong. It's one of those online dictionaries. Cruel and oppressive government or rule. Refugees fleeing tyranny and oppression. Synonyms are despotism, absolutism, absolute power, autocracy, dictatorship, undemocratic rule, reign of terror, totalitarianism, and fascism. A cruel, uh, sorry, a state under cruel and oppressive government, cruel, unreasonable, or arbitrary use of power or control. Now, at this point in time, the government of Australia can easily be described as a tyranny, as many states in the United States, uh, especially California right now, can be described as tyrannies. These are countries that no longer hold any claim whatsoever to democracy. You cannot call these countries democratic because they're not. They are simply um, tyrannical dictatorships where the government wants to control everything that we do, what we eat, how we raise our children, what we think, um, how we handle illnesses or prevent them. Um, the government wants to be involved in every single decision that we make as free Australians, as free Americans, as free members of European nations. Um, our governments are working together to take our rights away. I don't know um, how many of you, I'm just going to turn on the comments here so I can see what people are saying, though I may not be able to respond to everything. It's not easy to split my attention two ways, even though I am a woman. Um, <laughs> I am talking about Australia, Adam, but I'm also talking about many other places around the world. There is very little that separates what's happening in Australia right now with what's happening in China. And when I look at the demonstrations in Hong Kong and the people who are so brave um, and are out in the streets every day in the airports, in public square, um, protesting and demanding their right to freedom in a country that has very often killed people who did those sorts of things. And then I look at Australia and I see this she'll be right mate attitude going on here. And I'm going to tell you right now, she won't be right. And I was really hoping that Alona could come because she's done a lot of work on this issue. But I will share some information with you that you're probably not aware of and that you need to be aware of. Um, first, I'll start in California. If you have not already watched 
um, The High Wire by Del Bigtree. I really recommend you do it. Um, just go to YouTube and um, look up High Wire and you will see all of their past episodes. I especially recommend the last two episodes. And if you only have time to watch one, watch the last one. Um, because what's happened is in California, there is uh, there are two people there, actually, uh, but it's the entire Democrat Party. Um, how they can call themselves Democrats, I don't know. Um, the Democrats in California are totally bought by Big Pharma. They are owned lock, stock, and barrel by the people who pay for their votes, and that is Pharma. Uh, Richard Pan, who is a medical doctor, uh, has long been an enemy of truth and freedom in California. And there is another woman, Lorena Gonzalez, who is out panning pan. Um, between the two of them, they have introduced uh, two pieces of legislation, SB 276 and SB 714. Now, there are certain rules for um, debating that, uh, debating legislation when it goes before the state house uh, to be voted on. And there needs to be a conversation. People need to have time to actually read the legislation. Um, they need to be able to debate it because they're there to represent the people of the state of California. Um, SB 276 has been in debate for several months. SB 714 was introduced and voted on the same day. All rules of democratic due process were suspended in order to shove this legislation down the throats of the uh, people living in California. Now, the media has not been reporting on this at all. Um, and when they do report on it, they report on it very unfairly. There were thousands of free citizens, men, women, mothers, grandmothers, grandfathers, um, who went to the parliament, to the state house in Sacramento, which is the capital of California. And they have been there ever since. They are still there. Um, several were arrested, including a grandmother who is 66 years old and a mother who was breastfeeding her baby and did not have access to her baby for about 24 hours. Can you imagine? Um, and their crime was wanting to be heard by the um, legislators who were voting on whether or not they would have the right to protect their children from vaccinations. SB 276 and SB 714 are basically, um, they're like no jab, no pay, but they go further. Uh, no Jab, No Pay says that people in Australia will not be able to access child care payments if they don't vaccinate fully with every government-recommended vaccination according to schedule. And um, No Jab, No Pay has removed all medical exemptions to vaccination except for anaphylaxis. So that is a severe life-threatening allergic reaction following a vaccination. <clears throat> Pardon me. That is the only um, side effect that that the government in Australia will allow, and when I say allow, we know people, and I think I covered this on Under the Wire, so please forgive me if I'm covering it again, but I think it bears repeating. Um, we know people in Australia whose children have had an anaphylactic reaction after a vaccination, but the doctor who witnessed the reaction is not one of the government-approved doctors who can actually sign a medical exemption. So they've gone to another doctor. And the first doctor has said, yes, this was an anaphylactic reaction and I witnessed it. And the second doctor has actually said, I'm sorry, 
I haven't witnessed this reaction myself, so I cannot fill out uh, an adverse reaction uh, medical exemption form for you. What you'll have to do is submit your child to another vaccine. And if I see the reaction occur, then you'll get your exemption. And that exemption is only to that one particular vaccine. They have to have an anaphylactic reaction to every single vaccine before you get an exemption to that particular vaccine. So that is the situation in Australia right now. Your child can have seizures, they can develop diabetes, they can develop autism, ADD, ADHD, um, they can develop uh, kidney problems, a whole range of issues that are known to be associated with vaccination. It doesn't matter. You cannot get a medical exemption. In um, California, or as Dell calls it, Califarma, because that's what it is right now, um, this legislation was introduced by Senators Pan and Gonzalez. And uh, it basically says that doctors are no longer able to write medical exemptions to vaccination. They can't, um, they can't be trusted to not be fraudulent on these reaction um, forms. And without a medical exemption, you cannot send your child to school in California at all. Um, so what the government is doing is saying that we are going to be the ones who determine whether or not your child should have a medical exemption. Not only that, but if doctors fill out too many exemption forms, they will be audited. And by audited means, um, they will be threatened with being struck off as doctors. And they will no longer be allowed to care for anyone, let alone your child. And I, it, last week on Under the Wire, now this legislation hadn't passed last week, um, 882, I believe, um, doctors' practices were called by a group in California that is trying to oppose this legislation, which has passed since. Um, but out of the 882 practices that were called, uh, asking if any of the doctors there would fill in a medical exemption for a child who had just moved from interstate and needed to get a new exemption form, and this child had had an anaphylactic reaction to vaccination, which was noted in their records, Every single one of those doctors said they would not do it. Many of them said that they would not even accept an unvaccinated child in their practice. So um, if that's not tyranny, I don't know what is. And the reasoning behind the introduction and the emergency passage of these two pieces of legislation is because doctors are fraudulently writing medical exemptions. How do they know that? Well, they examined and audited thousands of adverse reaction um, medical exemptions that had been written by California doctors over the past, I believe it was 12 months. How many of them were fraudulent? None. But Senator Pan has taken over $100,000 from pharmaceutical companies for his campaign. I'm not sure what the figure is for Lorena Gonzalez, but I'd be shocked if it was much less than that. And the vote when it took place in California was um, split exactly down party lines. Every single Democrat, except for a couple, voted in favor of this um, 
discriminatory and dangerous legislation, and every single Republican voted against it. It passed because there are many more Democrats in the California legislature than there are Republicans. And I hope that people living in California will never vote Democrat again. I hope that they will put such a landslide of Republican legislators into their state house that this bill will be overturned in the next legislature after the next election, after the 2020 election. But there are moves afoot to take legal action. Robert Kennedy had a fantastic interview. Now, because of all the technical issues, I didn't put any of the links on, but I will link to all of the all of this information, the high wire, the Bobby Kennedy interview, um, an article that was just published by the Children's Health Defense, which is run by Bobby Kennedy Jr., um, who has become such a strong, powerful and moral voice for our cause. I thank this man so much because he has lost friends, he has lost family members, he has lost a lot of his reputation by standing up for what he believes to be true. It is something that his father did, Robert Kennedy, and it is something that his uncle, John F. Kennedy, did also. And they suffered greatly for it, as did their families. And there are two new pieces of legislation in California, SB 276 and SB 714, which will probably pass unopposed from the Democrats who brought this legislation uh, in. Uh, one of them, SB 276, says, Doc, um, sorry, I'm reading you the wrong ones, AB 283 and AB 262. My apologies. Um, uh AB 283 says that if you don't vaccinate, you will not eat. AB 283 is specifically targeting families who are on uh, food stamps and WIC. Uh, WIC is a government um, a government uh, handout. I don't know what it's called. For, for low-income parents, it gives you access to food, to medical care, to various other things. Um, so if you do not vaccinate fully and according to schedule, the government will withhold your food. So you can't feed yourself. You can't feed your children. You have to vaccinate if you want to live. And this is what the government in California is doing. Um and AB 262 says that during an outbreak, and I'm putting outbreak in inverted commas because an out, there used to be a medical definition for outbreak. When I first started the AVN in 1994, there was a definition. It was a certain number of cases per 10,000 head of population. I can't remember exactly how many cases it was, but that was the definition of an outbreak. And an epidemic was more. So an, an epidemic would be a certain number of cases per 10,000 head of population across a certain geographic area. And that makes sense, okay? Because there's an, if, there's an, if there's one or two cases, you can't really describe that as an outbreak, except now you can. And not only can you call one or two cases an outbreak, you can call it an epidemic, which allows the government and the medical community and the pharmaceutical industry to use fear, which they do very effectively, to force people to do 
their bidding. So right now, the, the definition of an outbreak is more cases than we would expect to see. So one case of measles could rightly be named an outbreak. One case of whooping cough, even though we've got thousands and they're mostly in the vaccinated, one case could be considered an outbreak. We currently have an epidemic of measles, even according to the old definition. Um, so what they're doing is during an outbreak in California, parents are losing their privacy petition, uh, sorry, sorry, their privacy protections under HIPAA. HIPAA is, um, it's, I know when my sister was in hospital in the United States, every time you go into the hospital, every time you go to a doctor, you have to sign all this paperwork to say that you are giving them permission to share your information from uh, databases to in order to um to treat you so hipaa is basically sacrosanct information that you have to give permission in order for anyone else to access it and what sb 262 says is during an outbreak so if there's one case of measles reported and that one case is in a vaccinated person you will lose your protection under the hipaa legislation and your local area health departments are empowered to quote take any action the local health officer deems necessary to control the spread of the communicable disease. So any action, does that mean that if the local health authorities think that you should be vaccinated or your children should be vaccinated or you need to submit to medical drug treatments, they can order you to do that? Well, yeah, I think it does actually because there's already legislation in the United States that came in after September 11th um, to allow the government federally to do this now the local health authorities so your your local mayor your local council can now order uh if there is a case of measles or a case of any communicable disease that you be uh, medicated vaccinated anything and you might think that this is just something happening in the united states and if that was the case you would be wrong Okay, now I'm trying to read this. It's really small on my screen. This is from June 2016, um, Freedom of Choice Australia, which was a group that started locally around that time. Um, there is an act that was passed without um, much fanfare called the Australian Biosecurity Act. And in this act, it says that a biosecurity emergency can be declared when a pest or disease poses a nationally significant threat to plant or animal health, human health, the environment, or the economy. That's pretty broad, isn't it? If we go down a little bit, um, the Act provides for infringement notices, civil penalties, enforceable undertakings, and criminal sanctions. So if you refuse an order under this Act, you can be jailed. The Act allows a biosecurity officer and biosecurity enforcement officer to enter premises without a warrant or consent and then use their powers to manage biosecurity risks. A biosecurity officer is responsible for establishing entry to the premises and using force against things, such as opening doors or moving objects. Moving objects, things... So maybe they're referring to if you throw something at them, but you could be considered a moving object, perhaps, and they could use any force necessary against you. Um, West Australia 
has recently passed similar legislation that even goes further and talks about forcible vaccination and forcible medication. Um, and the reason that I'm bringing this up now is because we're at we're at a crossroads, folks. We really are. Um, the gloves have got to come off because the writing is on the wall. We are under threat, not just those of us who don't vaccinate, because think about this. Um, right now, Australia and the United States are looking at adult vaccination. And Senator Pan, God bless his heart and cotton socks, um, Senator Pan has introduced a bill to say that adult vaccination is every bit as important as childhood vaccination. That's all it says right now. But knowing his history, knowing the way that this man operates, the next step will be legislation like SB 276 and SB 714 to take away your right to say no to vaccines. Um, Dell talked about a, a new card. It's going to be replacing the driver's license in the United States, and you will not be allowed on an airplane without this card. And this card is going to have a lot of information about you and your health. In Australia, for years, the government's been trying to introduce a health smart card to replace the Medicare card. And it's going to do exactly the same thing. It's going to show what vaccines you've had and which ones you haven't. It's going to show what treatments you have and which ones you haven't. When was the last time you saw a doctor? Whether you use natural therapies, that's going to put you on a list, that's for sure. We're talking here about tyranny. My father... And his four brothers all fought in Europe in World War II to oppose tyranny. They put their lives on the line for that purpose. And here we are in Australia, and we are afraid to go out and tell people what we have done. We are afraid to live by our truth. We are afraid to stand up and tell the government that we are not going to take their bullshit. And excuse the expression, but that's exactly what it is. We need to unite. We need to stand up and we need to do it now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not when we feel like it. We need to act now because, and I've been saying this like a broken record, things are only going to get worse. I honestly don't know how much worse they can get. But if we don't act now, God help us. Because there is nobody in our government, nobody at the AVN, nobody in our community who can do it for us. And it is not just people who have chosen not to vaccinate. These um, activities on the part of the government are going to affect everyone, whether it be smart meters, 5G, fluoride in the water, whatever. The 270 new vaccines coming down the pipeline that are going to be required for you and your children. All of this is something we need to speak up about now. Our, par our parliamentarians are either terribly ignorant about this issue or terribly bought or both. And that is not a situation that we can stand for. There is a, uh, a seminar in Canberra this weekend, and that seminar is already sold out. Um, and there is also a rally in Canberra on the 16th, which is Monday. I hope I got that right. Yeah, Monday is the 16th. If you are anywhere near there, you need to go. I don't care what you're doing. Take the day off of work. Call in sick. 
I don't care. Do whatever you have to do to get to Parliament House on Monday the 16th. I will put a link up here about this rally. Um, this seminar that's going to be on will be live streamed. Watch it. Share it on Facebook. Get it out there. Get the information out there. Um, we are responsible for the health of our families. We are responsible for the future of our children. And I, for one, do not want to look my kids in the eye when they start having children of their own and say to them, I could have done something about this situation. I could have done something about you being forced to vaccinate. I could have done something about your child being taken away from you because not vaccinating is considered child abuse. These are all things that have been talked about in Parliament. I could have done something about it, but I was too scared. I was too lazy. I was too afraid of anything. I'm not going to be that parent, and I hope you won't be either. This is the time. We have to draw that line in the sand. I don't know how much clearer I can say it, that if you are not willing to do this now, then you are signing a death warrant for your family. Okay, maybe sounds really uh, emotional and, and out there, but that's how I feel. That is really how I feel. And having had a child who was injured by his vaccine and having met and spoken with literally thousands of other families whose children have either been permanently injured or killed by their vaccines, I can tell you straight out that not one of them would have vaccinated if they had known in advance what could have happened. And I think about Marjorie Catone, Nicholas's mother, who came out on Facebook when Nicholas had only been dead for a short time. And if you don't know the Catones, I suggest you look them up. Um, and and Marjorie was angry. And I understand why she was angry, because I'd be angry, too, if my kid was killed. And she said, why didn't anyone tell me? Why did I have to find out by my son being the one who died from a vaccine? And I was angry at her at that time because I thought, I've been out here for 25 years shouting from the rooftops, educate before you vaccinate. Don't make this decision without getting enough information to make an informed choice. Why weren't you listening? But it's not her fault. It is not anyone's fault. We need to be brave. We need to stand up and shout this information out. We need to be meeting with our parliamentarians and saying, I will not vote for you or your party. In fact, I am going to openly oppose you. I am going to put out information every day and every night on this issue. I am going to make sure that everyone in the community who has children knows that vaccines can harm and kill them. And I am going to make sure that every person who is being told they need to vaccinate in order to keep a job knows that that is not true and that they have a right to make that choice. I am going to tell people who are in the military that supporting your country and volunteering to protect your country does not mean giving up your inalienable right to choose what goes into your body. And if that's what it means, then you should leave the military because no country has the right to demand that you die for nothing. And that is what these military people who are there are being told. Um, why is this happening now? 
Okay, thank you, Alona. Um, the protest is Monday the 16th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on the grassy area outside of Parliament House. And Alona has just put a link down. I'm so sorry that you weren't able to join me. I really am. We'll, we'll try and do this again. Um, so why? Why is this happening now? Why is it that for the first 16 years that the AVN existed, pharma, the medical community, and the community itself seemed quite happy to ignore us and let us go about our business of educating and supporting parents? And I think the reason that this is happening right now, and I've talked about this a little bit before, um, about the lawsuits that um, that pharma is facing, and also the fact that most of their blockbuster drugs are no longer under patent protection, so they can't make as much money off of them, where vaccines don't need a patent. Um, they can be protected forever. As long as a vaccine is being produced, it is protected um, from competition. So and that's the only medical product that can say that. Um, but for those who haven't been following it, there have been some major, major lawsuits that have been won by the community and by individuals against pharmaceutical companies. Um, the the lawsuit against Monsanto Bayer. Now, Bayer bought Monsanto lock, stock, and barrel for a huge amount of money. I forget, $60 billion, something like that. And they are now looking at the potential of trillions of dollars in lawsuits due to cancers being caused by Roundup, the glyphosate Roundup. Um, and that could actually drive the company bankrupt. Purdue Pharmaceutical um, is currently threatening uh, to go bankrupt. Uh, there is an action, a class action by 48 out of 50 attorneys general in the United States against Purdue Pharmaceutical um, because they uh, were involved in creating the opioid epidemic that I think kills over a thousand uh, Americans every week. And what is interesting is Purdue came out and said, now Purdue is a family-owned company. They're not a public company. They came out and said they were going to file Chapter 11, which is bankruptcy, which would protect them against lawsuits and people would only get pennies on the dollar uh, for compensation. And 20, I believe 20 of the uh, attorneys general have withdrawn from the class action and are now going after the family that... Uh, owns Purdue personally. They say that they want to get them, get all of their fortune so that they can never do this again. Um, and that's what's going to be needed because these companies are protected. Uh, they're behind a wall of incorporation so that um, they're not going to go to prison. They're not going to lose their personal fortunes. Yeah, the companies will lose money and it's the cost of doing business, the billions that they pay every year in fraud. But when you start going after them personally, when you start threatening to put some of them in prison, which is what has been threatened against some of the Johnson & Johnson executives who are caught up in two different legal actions now, one as the kingpin of the opioid epidemic in the United States, and two for covering up the fact that Johnson & Johnson baby powder was contaminated with asbestos, which is being linked with cancers in babies and especially young girls. Um, so these these actions can bring down the pharmaceutical juggernaut faster than 
almost anything that we can possibly imagine. And if it does happen, and it's going to happen in the United States, and if it happens in the United States, Robert Kennedy Jr. is going to be one of the movers and shakers behind it because he was one of the counsels on the uh, action against Roundup, against uh, Monsanto Bayer uh, for cancers caused by Roundup. So pharma right now is terrified. They are absolutely terrified because the only profitable um, product they have right now where they don't have to worry about lawsuits because in the United States, which is the biggest market for uh, vaccines, in the United States, you can't sue a pharmaceutical company. You can't sue a doctor. You can't sue the government. You can't sue a nurse. Uh, Vaccines are deemed by the Supreme Court to be um, unavoidably unsafe products, which cannot be made safe for their fit and proper use. Um, And as a result, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter if the doctor gives you the wrong vaccine. It doesn't matter uh, if the vaccine is not stored properly and you react as a result of that. You can't sue them. You have to go to the vaccine court and you will have to jump through 150,000 hoops to get through and to get a payout. So um, they're, they're looking at vaccines and this is their only protected product. They are getting sued left, right, and center as well they should be because they are responsible for an untold amount of death, disability, pain, grief, suffering around the world, not just in the United States, not just in Australia. But with vaccines, they don't have a problem. They can basically license a vaccine. They pay off the FDA um, they pay off the other regulatory agencies. They pay off the um, the legislatures in the states. They pay off the uh, senators and the congressmen in um, in Washington D.C. They spend so much money on lobbying and on gifts to um, to. Uh, representatives. I I keep wanting to say parliamentarians. They do pay parliamentarians here in Australia. It's just not that easy to find that information. So they see their, their cash cow being milked. They see that they are not going to have that um, money coming in to protect them if they can't force people to vaccinate without an option. So they are working very hard around the world, in the United States, in Australia, in New Zealand. Um, You know, we spoke with uh, Aria last week about what is happening in New Zealand. And uh, I have to say, I'd forgotten what it was like to live in a country where you don't even have to uh, tell the school whether you're vaccinating your children or not before they go to school. I hope New Zealand holds on to their rights um, because we certainly gave ours up way too easily. So um, the pharmaceutical industry is running scared. They are terrified and um, they are fighting dirty. They are fighting hard and they are fighting with every cent they've got, which is a lot of cents. Um, So we have got to take action because even though we're small in comparison to big pharma, uh, meaning that we don't have their money, we are many to their few. And that's why it's a numbers game, people. It really is. We need to get together. Um, the, we need ideas. 
I'm not even going to ask you to join. I'm not going to ask you to sponsor. I'm not going to ask for money. I want you. I want your time. I want your body. I want you there at the coalface working on this issue with us. I want you to be contacting us and volunteering to do whatever it is you can do. I want you on the phone Monday morning to your local um, members of parliament, to your federal members of parliament, to your senators, um, everybody. I want you out there uh, writing letters to the editor when... um, when something happens in the newspaper and they only show one side. I I didn't even have time to look at this, but somebody sent me a fantastic idea uh, also out of the United States, but it's one that we can use here. Um, And that idea is to uh, print out 10 letters every week. We provide you with the addresses of the people in the media to send these letters to. We will provide you with an outline which you can use to craft your own letter. And in that week, you send out 10 letters, not by email, not by fax. Get an envelope, uh, 10 stamps, and fold up your letter and put it in there. Sign it, put your address on it, send it off every single week, 10 letters. And I I have to read through this information. I only just saw it last night. And I think it's a brilliant idea. I know there are other brilliant ideas out there. Share them with us. Think about this. Think about what we can do. We are so in the middle of this that sometimes you lose perspective and you can't really determine what the best course of action is. You out there, I know there's a bunch of brilliant people out there who are very creative and who have some amazing ideas. We need to know them. We, you need to share them with us. Uh, you need to let us know what you think would be effective. And we can say, yes, no, let's work on it. Let's tweak it. Let's do it. We need to be doing this. And we need to have a group of hundreds of people who we can call on at a moment's notice to take actions like letter writing, like phone calls, like visits to parliamentarians. Put your hand up. Volunteer to help out. Um, because honestly... Like I said, we are at a crossroads. It's now or never, people. It really is. Um, I I love what Dell said. It's something that I often feel like saying, but I've been too scared to say it. Um, we had a, we have an adverse reactions database uh, with thousands of reactions reported on there, and I remember about probably 15 years ago we might have had seven or eight hundred reaction reports there. And um, I wanted to start a campaign where people would write and send pictures of their vaccine injured children or children who'd been killed by vaccines to the media. Um, Every day they would get another picture. And I wrote to them and I said, can you just share a picture of your child so that we can do this? I wanted to, I called it the nine month campaign. It takes nine months to um, make a baby and only one action to destroy it. Um, And I remember at the time, as a mother of a vaccine-injured child myself, and I got to tell you, you know, I would not be doing this if it wasn't for the fact that my own child was vaccine-injured. I don't want to see that happen to anybody else. So I wrote to every single parent, and I ended up calling a lot of them on our database, and I think I got about 50 who sent in pictures of their children. And I was so angry at the time, and I was thinking, why? Why won't they do this? And then I thought, you know, their lives are really difficult. They're they're dealing with so many things that I can't even imagine what they're dealing with. 
But still, in my heart, I thought, well, I've dealt with a lot of that too, and I've been there. And I'm doing this for my family, for my children, but I'm also doing it for their children. And why won't they step up and take action? Why will they let other people do this for them without helping out at all? I know that there are a lot of people watching this who have been there, who have children who've been killed or injured by vaccines. Uh, Look at Katie Close, whose daughter Evie um, was killed by vaccination. Um, Look at the Catones. These are people who are speaking up. They are being attacked left, right, and center, but they don't care because they are doing the right thing for the right reason. They are a testament to their children. They are a testament to the spirit of humanity. And Dell said, if you are not doing this, you should be ashamed of yourself. I'm not going to judge you, but I am going to say that you should look deep, deep, deep into your heart and your soul and ask yourself, can I live with what I don't do? I can live with what I do, but can I live with what I don't do? And I think the answer is going to be, no, you cannot live with what you don't do, but you could easily live with what you do. And I would like to, I would like to urge all of you to do what you can, to come and meet everyone from the AVN, to come and be involved in this issue and to fight this battle and to help us win it for your families, for your children, for your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, for all of Australia, for all of the world. Please, please join us. Now, um, (laughs) I want to end on a more upbeat note, perhaps. Oh, thank you. Oh, Lucy. Lucy sends a huge hug from Sacramento. I met Lucy and I'm hoping that I meet her again when I go to the U.S. in November. I need to contact her. Um, So uh, I want to just end on a more upbeat note because I was almost in tears here. (laughs) Sorry. I apologize. Sometimes it gets very emotional to think about what is being done to our children and especially to the ones whose parents don't know anything. It is so unfair and so wrong. And sometimes you feel helpless, but we are not helpless. We are strong. We are committed. We are out there doing what needs to be done. And I would just like to let you know that there are two events in Tasmania on the 25th and the 27th of October. Um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. screenings. Um, And uh, I will put a link to these events uh, at the top of this uh, broadcast as soon as I'm finished with it, which will be soon. And I urge everyone 
who is in Tasmania. I mean, Tasmania is such a small place. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're on the West Coast, if you're in Bishano, you can get to Tasmania, you can get to Launceston, or you can get to Hobart. It's only an hour, an hour and a half drive at the most, and that's not that much. Um, we had people come from West Australia to the VAC screenings in, in Melbourne and in Adelaide. So um, I think you can drive for an hour to an hour and a half to come to these screenings and support the local groups there and to get informed. So uh, I will put a link there, please, um, if you are able to come. And if you are not able to or you don't live in Tasmania, share the link on your own page. Scary, I know, but you've got to be brave. You've got to do it. And contact the AVN, sign up as a volunteer. Um, we are going through the volunteers slowly. The person who uh, was helping us with that has gotten a full-time job, which is great for her, but we've been sort of struggling a bit to get to all of the volunteers and to talk to them all. It's one of those things that I really want to work on this weekend, and I'm hoping I'll have some time to contact people. So um, I hope... I hope my words haven't offended anyone, and I hope that you understand that I come from a place of love when it comes to this issue. I want you all to be protected. I want us all to be protected, and I want us all to be free and not to be living in a tyranny. So I welcome you all to contact me, to contact the AVN, and to get involved. There will be actions that you can take. Um, I thank the person who sent me that information on the 10 letters a week, and I will be looking at that this morning uh, after I've updated the uh, links on this uh, broadcast. And uh, next week, God willing, I'm going to do a test this week just to make sure that it works. Uh, but next week, I am so excited to tell you that Hillary Simpson of Crazy Mothers is going to be my guest on Under the Wire. And I am going to... Uh, burn chicken entrails and do whatever else is needed to try and make sure that the technical aspects work well. So um, I I hope you all join me here. For those who haven't seen Hillary Simpson, I do have a video of hers, uh, a crazy mother's video on this page, which I've probably watched 10 times. I love it more every time I see it. Um, she's reading, I guess, a poetry reading. I said to my daughter it was a rap, and she said, that's not a rap, Mom. That's a poetry reading. Okay. <laughs> so um, I hope you join us here next weekend at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning, 5 p.m. on the east coast of the United States, 3 p.m., I think, on the west coast of the United States uh, to uh, listen to Hillary Simpson from Crazy Mothers and myself speak about the vaccination issue. Um, thank you all for joining me today. Day. Um, thank you for everything that you do and everything that you will be doing. And I will see you next week under the wire. Take care.